This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting Made for This. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis50 and use code MadeForThis50 for 50% off plus free shipping. I really do have a fun job. And one of the reasons I have a fun job is because I get to talk to my friends for a living. And this is my pastor. He was my pastor. I still call you pastor sometimes. He's my brother. He pastored our church and then he moved to dumb Waco that I, I think that I don't know. Hey, Waco, I, it, Waco it, people, it, she didn't mean that. Okay. You're not dumb. It's a wonderful place. Waco people are wonderful. They know I love them. I'm the biggest fan ever of the people of Waco. But I don't like that they took you and it's okay because you're exactly where you're supposed to be in your life. So we could have a whole conversation about that. In fact, this whole season is about being where you're supposed to be in your life. So it's okay. I release you to Waco years later, many years. I don't many like that later. we have to do a podcast to catch up. I know it's bad. That is it the is downside. Bad. JP and Monica, if you do not know them, you need to. If you do not follow him, you need to. I, I told somebody the other day, you're one of my good friends, you're my former pastor. You're still just about my favorite follow. And the reason why is because of how simply you answer questions on Friday. Like I read it every single week. So he answers Q&As on Friday and it's hysterical. Like Let's the hear the list. Get. What's the list in front of me? I just the, I heard the gist about disclaimer there. So who who are the ones just... That I like to follow more? Yeah. Than you? Okay, I'm just going to give it to you. You're it. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. So JP, you were number one. Is that what you're looking for? No, I just, I just like <laughs> honesty. I'm just going after the truth. That's all. I want well, the people to have I the truth. I am too, which is why I say just about, because I'm like, I don't know. Is he? Is he? I don't know. But I can't think of anybody more. Following him just for Fridays is worth it. Because JP, it is a superpower. You can literally answer any question on the spot. And the questions are so hard. I I cannot believe some of them. They ask you everything. They really don't hold back. Some of them are easy though, too. People love yeah. it and hate it because they're like, oh, that's that's really a short answer to a complex question. And then some people are like, ooh, that's a short answer to a complex right. question. So I'm just doing my best. <laughs> it's pretty amazing how much truth is in that. And y'all will love that follow. So we'll have his Instagram in the link. We don't always do that, but for him, I'm telling you, you got to go follow him. And here's the fun thing. You've got a book coming out and it is called why I do what I don't want to do, which do you remember that I helped you title it? You did not help me title it. You titled it. <laughs> you, you titled it. That's funny because no, because you're people, about to take credit from me. No, 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 no. Cause they sent over this I question. It, it. This is, this is the question that I got ahead of time. Okay. Very little, like, and I'm just, just so you don't think this is like a high, like I prepped for this for days. I, I, they sent this over. I, I looked at it and it says, uh, where does it say it? the, the book has such a relatable title. Right. I was like, yeah, somebody else wrote yeah, of that. Course, of I course, they're saying that. Yes, my team doesn't know. I didn't tell them. I'm just wanting you to tell the world. You know, yeah, I t it's a great title because it's one of my favorite verses because it it confounds you. It's a great title, kind of confounds you. You're like, how do you do that? She that, goes, what's yeah. it about? I go, I don't know. It's like, why do I do what I don't want to do? She goes, call it that. That's it. <laughs> I was like, Jenny, that's too long. And she's like, no, I don't that's, care. That's it. And so, what? Listen, when a best-selling, like world-renowned author that's tells right. you to title it that, you just you just do it. So hey, there it is. <laughs> Why do I do what I don't want to do? Replace deadly vices with life-giving virtues, and it really, to me, I've always been drawn to that verse because, yes, I want to know the answer to that. Why do I do what I don't want to do? So. 
let's start there, JP. Why do we do what we don't want to do? Why do we keep, because all of us relate to that. We all do things we don't want to do. I think something that we don't think about enough as Christians is that we have an enemy and he's after us and he hates us and he hates our marriage. He he hates our purity. He hates our singleness. He hates our children. He hates our children's friends. He hates our household. He hates peace in our life. Like he wants to make us anxious and depressed and distracted. And I mean, he like every day we wake up, he's actively trying to do this. And so first yep. Peter five you know, says that that he's like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Wow. And I think I want to relate this to your listeners, Jenny, but for me, like lust and pornography and all of those things are are in in my past. And like that's a, a part of my story and journey to Jesus. And so I feel like most days I'm fighting, like if there's a door and Satan, the enemy, the one that wants to destroy me is on the other side of that door. I feel like I have my back against that door and I'm holding the door shut with all my strength and I padlock it and I put a, a chain uh, uh, you know, on it. I put yeah. a bar on the door and I'm just doing everything I can to hold the door shut. Well, the other day, somebody re uh, recommends a show. They say, hey, you should see you know, the, the terminal list. Um, cause there's a kind of show I like about just like, you know, where it's just a guy and he's just amazing or a person doesn't have to be a guy, but a person and they're amazing and they can do all the things. And they were like, Hey, you should watch terminal list or Reacher or Jack Ryan. And I'm watching this show and there's this strip club scene for that long. I mean, it was, it was on the TV for like three seconds. And what it felt like happened in that moment is it felt like I walked over to that door. I, I removed the chain I undid the deadlock, I removed the bar, I turned the knob and I cracked it open. And now I'm just walking around, just waiting to be devoured. And I'm, I feel a greater inclination to sin in that way. And at this moment, and this is so embarrassing to say, but it's like, I'm a, I'm a pastor at a church. And in this week of my life, after I, I see that for three seconds on the TV, it's like, I can't be trusted with Instagram. I can't go to the explore page. Like I, I'm going to be taken out. The enemy's going to get me. And so as I think about people who are listening to us right now, like maybe it's yeah. comparison, you know, maybe their, their struggle, they, they, they struggle with mom guilt and then they go to Instagram, they feed the mom guilt and the mom guilt grows. And meanwhile, you know, the enemy, some, some demonic stronghold or force is just, you know, they're like, <laughs> I got them right where I want them. And that's actively happening every yeah. day. And so why do we do what we don't want to do? It's, it's, it's really three reasons. We have a flesh that longs for the things of this world and there's a liar and the liar is constantly pushing us, uh, you know, baiting our flesh with the things of this world. And every single day we're in that war zone, you know, and it's, it can be exhausting yeah. if you don't know what to look for. Well, and we live in a world where it's not like you even meant to see, see that, right? No, I mean, it's I just coming for us. No, I, even I just to be the careful, right? And I, I think I, I really believe, and you know, I've talked about this before. Like, I really believe, like, the standards have to grow for all of us if we're going to try to pursue holiness. It's not going to just happen. It's going to have to be something so intentional. You know, that's where I love books that fight for you because, and this is one of those books, guys, that's going to fight for you because it doesn't let you settle. And I. I reposted actually one of the pages from the book that talked about alcohol. Talk just for a minute about that, because I think specifically since COVID and quarantine, that has been really a struggle to most people I'm talking to, unless they just don't drink at all. Talk about just that struggle and, and what you see happening and why you felt like that one specifically was important to put in there. Yeah. Well, I, 
what I'll, I'll say, I'm going to answer first, kind of in reverse order. Why do I think it's important to, to put in there? And what I've learned in 16, 17 years of vocational ministry is it's not a long list of sins that take people out. It's yeah. actually a short list of sins. It is. Uh, and, and so in the fourth century, there was a monk, Evagrius Ponicus, who came up with this list of eight sins. Uh, he called them the the eight evil deeds or something like that. And it's and it would he said these are the eight things that take people out. And then later Thomas Aquinas took that and and with the help of a pope right before him narrowed it down to seven. And that became what we call the seven deadly sins, if you will. And so what we did is we said, hey, what are those sins today? And I, I began to think through the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of meetings, you know, the the post affair, the, hey, I destroyed my life, the bankruptcy, the, hey, I have a prodigal, my kids, all of the things. And I said, man, what are the, what are the, how narrow can we get this list? And we narrowed it down to 10 things. These are, these are the 10 things that destroy lives today. And it's not like, yeah, I'm just susceptible to one of them. Really, it's a comprehensive list that can that any one of them could take any one of us out. And so I tried to make this as as relevant to every single person that's possibly going to read it. And so one of those sins, as you said, is drunkenness. And I think this is the thing where we we have all of these questions we and we don't get answers. We're like, well, Jesus drank. Well, he absolutely did. I, I would say he his first miracle was he turned water into wine. And so that's kind of crazy that Jesus, like the very first miracle he did, like when he kind of showed up on the scene, you know, his mom says, hey, and he's like, hey, it's not time. And then he's like, okay, I'll do it. And he he makes a bunch of wine for a wedding that ran out of wine. It's kind of kind of crazy yeah. to think about. Right. And they and, weren't and all on their first drink. <laughs> no, no, they had run out of wine. You know, that's yeah. that's what's wild. And so we're like, well, you know, so there's this, the people over here, they're like, wait, Jesus didn't drink. It wasn't alcoholic, you know, it, and I'm not trying to pick a fight with you guys. I just disagree respectfully. I, I think he did. Uh, and it was alcoholic. And, and then you have the people over here that kind of hide behind the, the mystery of like, well, I don't know what is drunkenness. What can I do? Where's the line? And so yeah. we look at the scriptures and we try to pull all the scriptures that relate to that and put some barriers around it that we believe yeah. are true to the text to say, hey, this will be helpful for you. Yes. If you're going to be a person who consumes alcohol and follow Jesus, here's where we think the scriptures trying to help you do that in a way that honors God. And so that's that the what you reshared there on Instagram. Well, it's incredible and it really is helpful. There was one on there. Most of those, I, I those are boundaries I do hold. There was one on there though I didn't and hadn't ever felt convicted about. And so I was grateful for it. And and I will say also for everybody, it's going to look different. However, the idea of the lion at the door is a great analogy, even though it's it's a biblical analogy. It's just, this is our reality. So why are we messing around with things that are going to or could in any way hurt our short time here? So let's talk about another one. Obviously, greed, money is a big topic here. One of the things you say in the book is Money, like most things in life, can be used for incredible good or incredible evil. It all comes down to the posture of your heart. It isn't the money itself that is evil. It's the love of money. And kind of similar to alcohol and many things in our life, you're right. These are the things that it's it's almost like, JP, if you don't have a framework around these things, if you don't have a framework or you haven't thought through and been intentional around what you're viewing on TV or anything else, like you're just 
it's going to be devoured. Right. You're going to get devoured. So talk a little bit specifically about money. Cause I think it's such this, a similar framework to everything else. Yeah. I'm so curious, which, which was the alcohol one? Was it the don't drink around people who think it's wrong? Yes, was that the one? That was the one. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the one that trips me up too. Cause I always think I'm shepherding legalism. I'm like, Oh, you, you think it's, it's, wrong to consume anything. So I need to teach you a lesson is kind of ah. early in my faith, how I felt. And, and now I'm like, Oh, I want to honor that well, money. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can go on all these. We can spend a lot of time, but money, you know, you read first Timothy six and it, if you read it, like you're on a deserted Island, you're like, Whoa, CS Lewis says, so great is something's potential for evil equally great as its potential for good. Like the iPhone, for example, has a great potential for good and a great potential for evil. And as I think about money, it, it obviously has a great potential for good, and it also has a great potential for evil. But I don't think that any of us treat large sums of money like a rattlesnake. Like we don't we don't see that and think, oh, that's dangerous. It's going to bite me. I need to be really careful. We actually respond the opposite, like, oh, wow, give me, give me, give me. That's going to be great because I'm going to be able to do what I want to do. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be able to buy what I want to buy. And there's this really harsh warning. Harsh. In the scripture that shows up multiple times that it's like you're going to be lured away and trapped by yep. your desires. And and then we we kind of lift our heads up from the text and we say, wow, I see this happening to people all of the time. And so yeah. for me, like I came from the corporate world when I when I became a follower of Jesus I had a penthouse condo, I drove a Jaguar, I had a, different watches for every day of the week, different suits for every day of the week. And I, I was like, man, I want to be a millionaire before I'm 30. I'm chasing the world. And when God got a hold of my heart and I began to read the Bible for the very first time, I'm like, hey, if this book is true, yeah. then I'm going to have to change my relationship with money. I'm going to have to see this different. And and I lived like greed was just the air I breathe. And yeah. I didn't even know that it was dangerous. When I went to Haiti, Jenny, I've, I've been several times. They say of the Haitians, they say, you know, they're 60 percent Catholic. 40% Protestant and a hundred percent voodoo, meaning like voodoo infiltrates so much of all religion there in Haiti. And they said they believe in God. They just think he's slow. And so when, when a child is sick or something, they may turn to a witch doctor or voodoo priest to try to make their, their child better. And in, in that was just being exposed to that culture. I was like, man, this is crazy. I don't understand. Like, how could you think this? And then I came back to America and I'm like, you know, America <laughs> is some percentage Catholic, some percentage Protestant, and a hundred percent materialistic. You know, we're a hundred percent greedy. Yep. We believe in God. We just think He's slow. And so yeah. we're going to try to write a check to, you know, speed him up. We're going to try to throw money at something to speed him up. And I think most of us don't even think about how that is something that the enemy's dragging right. us to. And it may not be this catastrophic, tragic moment in your faith. You may yeah. just move to this place of just apathy, where you go and you try to spend time with God in the morning, but your mind is racing around all of these things and you can't find that private space and you don't know what to write down and you go to pray, but God feels far and you're just kind of tripping over all of this and clumsy. And you're like, no, but I'm a Christian, but I'm a Christian, but you don't have any real relationship with God yeah. because your life is full of the distractions of this world. 
And so this book that we're talking about, it's really for someone that says, hey, I want to be an actual disciple. It's not for everybody. It, it really isn't. It, it's for someone who says, hey, I want to grow as a follower of Jesus. I want to take my faith seriously. And I'm tired of being pressed into uh, this place of apathy. I'm tired of settling for something lukewarm when God has called me to more. Hey guys, it's Chloe, and HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MadeForThis50 and use code MadeForThis50 for 50% off plus free shipping. This spring, you can get pre-proportioned ingredients, easy recipes right at your doorstep so you can skip the checkout lines and get outside in this beautiful weather. HelloFresh keeps your taste buds on their toes with 40 recipes and over 100 seasonal and convenience items to choose from each week. There's so much variety and options for everyone in every lifestyle. With HelloFresh, you're getting seasonal ingredients picked at peak ripeness for quality that you can actually taste. Ingredients travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days. There are so many HelloFresh recipes I love, that my family loves, that I can't even keep track anymore. You guys, these recipes are out of this world and they're so special and things that you wouldn't normally make like sage butter pork chops with roasted broccolini and citrusy potato salad. It's such a delicious combo of ingredients that are easy. You can swap out your proteins, your veggies, and make it custom just for you and your family. Go to hellofresh.com slash madeforthis50 and use code madeforthis50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Both of us uh, are blessed to get to minister to Gen Z a lot. And we talk to... All of them, we hear their stories. A lot of them are listening right now. I see, and I don't know, you and I have talked about this in a while, but I see a zeal in them. I think they actually want to know the answer to the question, why do I do what I don't want to do? They want to know, and they want to be more holy. I feel like part of that is just because they've they've lived in a culture where it's either going to sweep them away and they are all into the culture or they're going to have to swim so far and hard upstream that it makes them very strong and and zealous. Talk just about why, I mean, what's cool, guys, is largely that is who JP ministers to, and he wrote a book about holiness. I love it. I think that's really encouraging. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's exactly, I remember when I was in college, what we used to do is go and tube the river. There was this place when we were tubing the river, and we'd go and like just a bunch, I wasn't a believer, my story, I became a believer later in life. But we would go and just party on the river and we would, you know, we'd drink all day and we're going down the river and there's this spot where we're supposed to get out. And uh, my buddy missed that spot. And so he went about a football field further uh, and he had to just, you know, try to fight the current to get back to the place where we got out. And he, and he find this is graphic, but he finally got there and he just fell out, fell on the grass and just threw up and was completely exhausted from fighting the current. And I think there is a generation that is rising that there's a lot of them that aren't followers of Jesus, right? Like they're, they're going right. to be lost in themselves, but there's a remnant Jenny that it I is. see is growing yeah. uh, of, of Gen Z that says, no, we're so sick of apathetic, lukewarm faith. We, we right. see, we're reading the Bible for the first time or, or we're reading the Bible for ourselves. And we see God calling us to something more than just this American consumeristic Christianity, churchianity. Like we actually want to wake up every day that we're awake and follow Jesus and make decisions that follow Jesus and date in a way that follows Jesus and work in a way that follows Jesus and spend in a way that follows Jesus. 
and and so yeah they are they're probably tired they're they're marching against that that current of culture but what i see is they're locking arms and they're beginning to help people i just last night i was with you know thousands of gen z at, on a college campus hands worship praising god confessing sin coming up being prayed for and i'm like man revival's happening you know and i yeah. i know that people say that and i don't want to throw that around in a no, trite cliche way you. but it's happening it's happening. There's something special in them. And I think it's important we tell those stories. And I hope that if you're listening and you're in that generation, I believe you're part of that story. And I hope that you are finding yourself in that place. If you're not, I hope you're encouraged that we're seeing this happen because I think they can get a bad rap. But you just wrote a book about holiness basically for them. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I think we all came to this at some point in our faith where we wanted more. We wanted to know what God wanted. And I had people in my life tell me that, right? I had Michelle Boast and I had people that were discipling me along the way that told me that. But I'm looking at them and I think they, they don't know. They don't totally know. And so I think that's one reason, JP, a lot of them follow you is because you just say it like it is and aren't afraid to say it. And I think if you're listening and you're older, you need to know that Gen Z's dying to be discipled, that they right. they want to see what JP writes about. They don't want to just read it. They want somebody to sit down and say, JP wrote this, mm. and I don't know how to apply this to my life in this context. And so I think both ways, like whether you're in college or in your young 20s, you need to go find somebody to mentor you. My daughter showed up at her church in our college town. She joined within two weeks. She asked the leadership there. She said, who do you recommend to mentor me? Who's a woman you respect that would have time? She found a mentor in a church within two to three weeks of living there. You can go ask and like make that happen. But also if you're older, go tell your leadership, like I want to disciple college kids, find the college kids. They, they need this. And so I just think that's such a part of this is just watching other people live it out. Talk a little bit about where this zeal for holiness came for you, because you really did. You were an about face life change. And I know part of it was walking in the back of our church yeah. in Dallas. Yeah. I was at a club. I was at a club 20 years ago and someone invited me to church and I thought, yeah, you know, I'll go pay my penance for my sins. Like I'll go sit still for an hour to, to hope God's not mad at me afterwards. And so I go hung over, I mean, splitting headache, from a night of drinking and I smell like smokes. I throw on my jacket from the night before and it reeks like the club. And I sit in the back row with that hangover and, and you know, someone is, they're talking about Jesus and the freedom that comes from Christ. And I'm like, you know, I want to be free. I want to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. And he told a story about a horse and it was, it's, it's kind of a dumb story. Honestly, it's funny what God uses, but he just says, Hey, this store, this horse just wants to be free. It, it, it roams the, the mountaintops and just, it's this wild beast of a stallion. It just, and I was like, yes, I'm that horse. Let's go. And he says, people are trying to capture the horse, but they can't cause he's so strong. And I'm like, yeah, you're never going to tame me. And, uh, and he says, but one time, you know, one day there's a drought in the land. And, uh, as the hunt, the horse had to hunt for food and hunt for water and find shelter from the elements, it got weak and, and a, a cowboy was able to capture it and take it home. And, Put it in a fence but the cowboy would love it and care for it and provide mm. for it and he eventually broke it and was able to ride it and lead it to food and lead it to water and and provide shelter from the elements and it was this line he said and it wasn't until he was fully submissive to his master that he truly experienced freedom mm. and the holy spirit just hit my chest and i thought man if there is a god and he created everything and he has plans for my life 
then my life is going to be so much better in his hands. Mm-hmm. And I, I prayed this like Carrie Underwood, you know, Jesus take the wheel kind of prayer. And, and he did. That's what's crazy yeah. is God is so faithful. He's like, all right, I'm like, move over. I'm driving. And it, you know, and then a community came in my life, you know, find your people, if you will. And, <laughs> and people began to, you know, help me and pray for me. And I, I experienced healing from my pornography addiction, my sex addiction, my alcoholism, my drug use, like all of that's there. I'm not trying to hide that from anyone, anyone. Like I've, I've walked into all of those traps and I found a superior satisfaction in Jesus. But for some of your listeners, like it's, it's may not be drugs or alcohol or sex addiction. It may just be something like perception management. We have a whole chapter on perception management, which is if you read into acts, you see the church growing and gaining momentum and people are getting saved by the thousands. And then in acts chapter five, there's this screeching halt with this Mm -hmm. couple that are trying to manage the perception of, of generosity to others. And all of a sudden, just this momentum in the church comes to a, a, you know, a fast stop, the the brake squeal. And and I don't think we think how deadly those kinds of vices are just something simply we think, oh, you know, you know, cocaine is really bad, but perception management, that's okay. And I'm like, no, 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 the enemy will use either one of those to take you out. Yeah, I'm thinking about still back to the question of why do we do what we don't want to do? I wonder, I mean, part of what you're talking about is setting up boundaries in a way so that sin doesn't devour us and the enemy doesn't devour us. But what about like that internal motivation and how how do you actually change? I think of Larry Crabb's book, then Inside Out. How do you actually start from the inside and want to change? Yeah. Neither, you know, I, I know you well enough to know, and and I'm the same way, is we're not motivated by a bunch of don'ts, you know. Right. It's like, we want to change the world. We want to live a life that matters. We want to chase meaning and and do things for God. And like, don't come at me with, you right. know, here, here are the boundaries <laughs> and don't step, don't color outside the lines. Like that, uh, nope. that drives me crazy. I hate I'm that way, by the way, but I'm I know, really that I know, way. But, but you are. And so am I. And <laughs> so what I think is a greater motivation for us is, is the do's, not the don'ts. But yeah. when you, when you begin to chase the do's and that's totally. what was so powerful about that moment in the back of that church is they didn't come around me like, you need to stop looking at porn and you need to stop doing this. They said, Hey, you know why you shouldn't look at porn? Because you, cause God has more for you. Like yeah. he has a greater purpose for you. He's, he's not just calling you to purity because he's lame and he wants to steal you, uh, you know, all the fun. Like, it's funny because sin robs you of creativity, Jenny. Like when I was, when I was entrenched in my sin, you know what we would do? We would go to the bar. We would run up a, you know, a hundred, $200 bar tab. We'd go home. We'd wake up with a headache. And the next weekend we'd wash, rinse, repeat. We'd do the same thing. Hey, one day, man, we're going to backpack through Europe. One day we're going to see the world. One day we're, and it was always on the back of a tailgate in a drunken stupor. One day we're going to do something big. When I became a Christian within six months, I was in Africa talking to the government in, in, in Rwanda about conflict resolution. You know, I had never been, I had never been out of the States. Like I'd never, other than Mexico, you know, that one spring break, I had <laughs> never been out of the United States. And now I'm training the government on conflict resolution in, in a, in a foreign country because God, when, when you throw off the sin that so easily entangles you and run the race marked out for you, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, God opens up the horizons. And so it's true. not just, a, it's not just about Right. doing something big. 
It's about being faithful. When you run the race marked out for you, you find life and purpose. And that's what I want for your listeners. That's what I want for, for those that are struggling to follow Jesus right now. I do think a lot of people are struggling to follow Jesus. And I think they're discouraged. When I look around, I just feel like people are weary and discouraged. And as we close, I would love for you just to lift their head and tell them, you know, let me be the let me be the person on your Friday questions and say, how do we keep going when it feels so hard? I'm I'm going on vacation. Uh, Monica and I are going on vacation on Sunday. So this is I know you you've been there and everyone's been there. This is the week before vacation, and and my work is done. Like honestly, like I've preached my last sermon until vacation. Like this week is so much fun because it's just like, hey, I'm going on vacation, and they can come to me and say, hey. The copy machine's not working. I'm like, that's okay because I'm going on vacation. They said, well, actually, it's on fire. I'm like, yeah, we have a fire extinguisher. I'm going on vacation, you know? (laughs) And you say, hey, this hadn't happened and we got bills and we need, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going on vacation. So this is that kind of when you're just excited to go somewhere. Our life, our, our 76 years, you know, maybe you do CrossFit and eat kale and you'll get 80 years or 90 years. I don't know. But however, long your life is the scripture says it's but a vapor and i think we have to renew our minds around that that we're all in that week right before vacation mm-hmm. and we're going to be with god forever and ever and ever right. in a place of no sadness no despair no heartbreak no comparison no anxiety no depression no cancer you know no, nothing bad there only good forever and ever mm-hmm. and ever and ever and ever and this world jesus says in this world you will have trouble this world is way too much trouble not to think about that every single day yep. that i'm not home yet and that i because i will get tripped up in my vices if i don't think you know what it's going to be worth it it That's is right. worth it that when i pursue a virtuous life uh, i'm i'm every step i'm walking to god i'm sleeping better i'm finding a greater yeah. joy fruit of the spirit are overflowing from my life and I'm on that week right before vacation. (laughs) And so that's what I would say to you guys. Know that Jesus loves you so much. He died for your sins. God raised him from the dead, giving you the hope of eternal life. And we're going to have this big, you know, reunion, podcast reunion up there uh, of all (laughs) the people that listen to this one day. We'll high five and be like, man, it's awesome. Like, there's Jesus. You know, let's go worship him (laughs) for a couple billion years. We hope you loved today's conversation with Jenny and Jonathan Pecluda, or JP, as we know him around here. And don't miss his book. And it's called, Why Do I Do What I Don't Want to Do? Isn't that the best title? The book is all about the biblical virtues that can help you get unstuck and overcome self-destructive bad habits. It is a must read for all of us. You can find that anywhere books are sold. And we will make sure to link JP's podcast, this book, and more resources in the show notes of this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of the Made for This podcast.